Numbers chapter 11, verses 11 and 12 in the King James Version. Numbers chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. And it reads, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father beareth a sucking child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Lord, again, bring a word for your people right now. In this hour, in this moment, annihilate and dissipate every distraction in my heart, in my spirit, in my mind, in my eyesight. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. I want to speak to you from the subject, when helping you is hurting me. When, when, when helping you is hurting me. When, 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 when helping you is, is, is hurting me. I, I would ask you to look at your neighbor, but your neighbor may be the problem. When helping you is hurting me. Uh, many people use a cliche that has many commonalities, and I have heard it said in ecclesiastical settings. I've heard it said in settings of leadership in communal settings. I've even heard it by laity. I've even heard it spoken to lovers. This saying that has some cathartic attempt to it to encourage some sense of responsibility, this statement that I've heard in a variety of settings is this. Every person ought to learn how to give until it hurts. One of the nuances and principles of agape love uh, or unconditional love is that it's willing to give until it hurts. The definition itself lends us to come to the realization that if it does not hurt sometimes, then it's not real love. You heard I say sometimes. Now, if it hurt all the times, you need to go find yourself somebody else. So Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 explains how love endures all things, hopes all things, believes all things. He goes on to say that love never fails. As a boy, I've heard uh, that every child of God has never learned how to love until you learn uh, to give until it hurts. I see the biblical correlation in this saying. I see how even Christ gave until it hurt. He walked down 40 and two burning generation, enrolled himself in the flesh, came out. Emmanuel, God is with us. And one late Friday, he walked up the way of Bill Delarosa, the way of suffering, where they put nails in his hand to bring the fruition of soteriological dispensation that there'd be no shedding of blood, there'd be no remission of sin. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He became the perpetuation for our sin. They, they, they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. Jesus gave until it hurt. Even that mother trying to give birth uh, to that child, the sacrifices. Come on, somebody. No cigarettes, no, no black and miles, no Moscato, no Kendall Jackson Chardonnay for nine months. Even those fathers who worked two jobs, especially those that came up in the days of sharecropping in order to provide for their children, their father would have calluses on their hands to endure all types of mistreatment, especially in the time with separate but equal in Jim Crowism and Ferguson, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus the Board of Education. They, 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 they would be dehumanized and called boy by people young enough to be their grandchildren, but they bit their tongue so that they would not be killed or put in jail. They gave until it hurt. The challenge I have with this saying, 
Brother Dre, this cliche is that no one ever told me how long it's supposed to hurt. At what moment does the pain subside? At what moment is there a panacea for my pain? Is, is there a remedy for my grief and anxiety? At what moment would God heal me? At what moment would God release me? At what moment do I tell family members that I've helped over and over again that still have their hand out to leave me alone? The first law I need to fulfill according to Maslow is self-preservation. So how long uh, must I wait and serve before I receive a bomb in Gilead? When can Calgon take me away? What happens when I've given so much and although I'm called to do this, I literally have nothing else to give. Such was the case with this ancient liberator Moses. He was born the son of Amram and Joshabed. He was born at the time when the Israelites were multiplying greatly, but they were in the time of bondage with the Egyptians. In fact, the Bible says there came a time when a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. It's not that he really didn't know Joseph. He just didn't care what Joseph did for the people. He didn't respect the Israelites. He didn't care what Joseph had did to bring them out of the famine. He didn't like them. He was a racist. He was afraid that, that if Egypt went to war, that the Israelite people would join forces in the opposition and defeat them because they kept growing. They kept multiplying. In fact, he was so afraid that he told the workers to give them extra work to try to kill them all, give them to make bricks without straw and, and, and to do all types of labor. They, they kept continuing to give them more and more labor. And, and, and even though he kept trying to kill them, they were like baby kids. They didn't die. They, they, they multiplied. Then he, he passed, uh, 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 he, he gave a, a corporate edict to tell the, the midwives to, 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 to kill every firstborn baby boy because they, he was scared that he had knew the prophecy that somebody was going to raise up and liberate the people. Can I tell you something? Can I let you know that even Pharaoh knew about the prophecy of Moses? Can I let you know that your enemies already know who you are? They know that you anointed. That's why they hate on you in the next cubicle. Pharaoh already knew Somebody's going to raise up and come get this people out of here. They know the prophecy. People that don't even go to church at your job, they know who you are. They know the light that you bring. And when you walk in the building, your spirit is so strong. That's why they try to plot on you because they know who you are. They know you're going further than them. You know what they are? They toll booth collectors. Toll booth collectors. I would never want to be a toll booth collector. Everybody going somewhere but them. And they get on your nerves just enough to try to make you negate and abort your blessing. Pharaoh knew who Moses was. Well, he didn't know quite who he was, but he knew somebody was coming. And they, they, he was killing all the firstborn. And then he said, you know what? They wouldn't do it because the midwives feared God. And they wouldn't do it. They'd let him say, hey, the Israelites were delivering their own babies and lied to Pharaoh. So they wouldn't get killed. But they said they weren't going to kill baby boys. So then he commanded the parents... If you have a baby, I need you to take them to the river and drown them. I need you to kill them yourself because I don't want them to destroy my country. Moses' parents, Amram and Joshua did not heed to that order. 
They kept Moses for three months and made an ark of bulrushes. Pharaoh's daughter found the child. Moses' own mother, Joshebed, ended up being paid to raise her own child. This child who Pharaoh was trying to kill ended up being raised in Pharaoh's own house. Woo, Lord. Can I tell some of y'all, some of y'all being raised up in Pharaoh's house and the devil don't even know who you are. Some of y'all caught up in alcoholism. Some of y'all caught up in lying. Some of y'all caught up in cheating and the devil don't know how powerful you are because God is hiding you in your misery but it's about to become your ministry because God is going to deliver you from all the hell you going through. He's just hiding you in Pharaoh's house. Uh -huh. The devil not trying to kill you because he know what you was doing last night. The devil not trying to kill you because he know you got a glitch in your faith. You got some type of malfunction in your behavior but at the end of the day he don't understand what God has put in you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and the power that he has in you shall cause you to overcome. I know you messing up right now, but God is going to deliver you in your season. Yeah. Hey, hey, they were trying to kill him. Moses ended up killing an Egyptian that he saw that was beating on one of the Israelites. And he left as a fugitive and fled to Midian and experienced God through a theophany in the form of a burning bush that uh, was burning but would not be consumed. God told him to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. God, through Moses, releases ten plagues, which subsequently causes Pharaoh to release the Hebrew people, led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Led and Moses is a great emancipator, calls the Red Sea to split. He's on the way to the promised land. Here they are on their way to Canaan, and Moses would have what I want to call an anxiety attack. Yeah. Some of us can relate to this in our own, Sir John. We, you, you have been pressing toward the call of God, but all of a sudden, you run out of gas. All of a sudden, you run out of willpower. All of a sudden, you have nothing else to give. This was the case with Moses. He's at the point where he feels like helping the children of God had hurt him. Oh, let's find the cause of Moses' pain. Numbers 11, verse 1 and 2. It says, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. See, Moses is trying to lead the people to the promised land, but the first verse lets us know why Moses has a mental breakdown, and the people complained. Moses has to pray for the same folk that's coming against him. All them complaining, I don't know if you really should be the pastor. If I had that staff, I bet you I could split the Red Sea too. You ain't no better than me. I seen you when you killed that Egyptian. I don't know what in the world. I saw you when you cussed my mama out. I seen you, Moses. Ain't no way in the world you better than me. You ain't called to do this. And the same people that came against Moses, they had to come to Moses to be delivered and prayed for. Be careful of who you put your mouth on because when you put your mouth on a man or woman of God, God would deal. Oh, y'all better hear me right now. You better let somebody know in the next cubicle. You better be careful about putting your mouth on me. You, you might want to be quiet because at the end of the day, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and God said, if you touch me, it's better to tie anchor around your neck and catch yourself in the sea than to touch one of my own. God said it better for you to 
to catch yourself in the fire than to touch me. You better stop messing with me. I, I'm just trying to warn you, baby. I, 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 I get it. I understand you jealous. I got an anointing. My light is so bright and the darkness in you mad, but you better slow your roll, baby, because you put your mouth on me. God going to deal with you. Every now and then I told you, you got to warn them. You got to be like Bruce Lee. Ooh. You might not want to mess with me. You might, you might not want to try me no more. You might, you might want to stop talking about me because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It ain't going to end well for you, baby. I'm a child of God. And that ain't arrogant. That's boasting in the Lord. Paul said, if I'm a boast, I'm a boast in the Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, baby, you can't do nothing to destroy me. Oh, I thought I was going to be calm today. I, I, at least I didn't say it. When I grabbed the microphone, I knew something was wrong. When I, when I, when I didn't... I'm going to be still. I felt myself walking like Fred Sanford in my knee. I was like... <laughs> be careful. What about that mother who, 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 who working 40 hours a week? Cooking, cleaning. You, you, you buy your child uh, Xbox and they want the Wii game. You buy the Wii game, they want the PS3 or 4, 5, whatever number they own. I don't know. I, I, if I was you, I'd just go get a 1, 2, and 3 and tape it together and say, this is the 5. Add them up. <laughs> Got tired about all these daggone games for you and you ain't grateful. <laughs> Be careful. Because the people that we complain about, we complain about them because they do the same thing consistently all the time. And we begin to take it for granted. Your mama keep your kids every day and all of a sudden you want to go to the club and drop it like it's hot. And now she can't keep them and you mad because she can keep them one time and you forget about all the other times she didn't keep your child. Not her child, it's her grandchild, not her child. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. See, it's quiet in here because I am... Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to be careful of who you complain about. I, I, women, the man comes home. I know he didn't take the trash out, but, 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 but he go to work every day. Come back. You go to work looking all good. He come, you come home with, with your head rag on and your ugly house coat on and your messed up shoes looking all crazy, looking all, come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody out here. And you complain. As soon as he get home, he sit in the car for 20 minutes trying to get ready to come in there and see you because he know you about to be getting on his leg. Daggone nerve. But can I tell you something, women? This the same thing you complain about. They don't care about his big old pot belly. They see that wallet. They see that credit score. And they say, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. You better start. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody in here. You better be careful of who you complain about all the time. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help somebody. People were complaining. Now look at what happens in verse 4. And the mixture multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which did eat, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. 
they started craving what they ate in Egypt. God has given them manna from on high. God has given them liberated food. Now they want slave food. Can, can I tell you, ain't it funny how we remember all the good times we had with somebody that wasn't good for us, and the minute we leave and get lonely, we forget about all the bad things they did, and we try to go back to what God has delivered us from in the first place. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah, 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 don't hear me. They don't, don't want to hear me. Uh, hey, can, can I, can I tell you, can, let me tell you a secret. If you was a slave, you weren't eating no filet mignon. Huh? If you were a slave, you wouldn't eat the finest shrimp. You, they, they gave you some bologna. They, 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 they gave you some hot dogs. But, but, but they craving what they went through in Egypt because now that God has liberated them and they're in the in-between time, then now they're getting upset. But God has brought them out of their bondage and they're crying to Moses, trying to go back to what God delivered them from. God, what happens when you're in agreement and, and you focus on where you're supposed to go, but all of a sudden somebody want to go the other way? There's a perpetual tug of war even in the family because everybody not on the same page such as it was with Moses. He's thinking about Canaan and the people thinking about Egypt. They've been getting beat down. They've been slavery. They've been getting to make them to make bricks with no straw. They're trying to kill their firstborn babies and now they want to go back to what God brought them out of. What are you trying to go back to that God delivered you from? I'm just going to let you sink that in on your own self. Let, let, let us check the complexity of this pain. Verse 10, then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. Look, they are complaining in verse 1, crying in verse 2, lusting in verse 4, and still weeping in verse 10. They've been running their mouths for 10 verses. Everyone of in their family. Can you imagine dealing with 3.6 million folk getting on your nerves? Y'all, y'all got one child that's screaming and hollering. Moses had 3.6 million. He's tired of these folk. But, 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 but you know what I like about this? And, and, and I know, I know every now and then when I give a sermon or correction, everybody's like, ooh, Pastor Man, I ain't mad. That God dealing with you. I ain't got nothing to do with it. And I remember when we was at the other church and God was bringing them five sermons. We came over here. They said, ooh, you've grown. No, I haven't. You have. <laughs> Believe me, when, when I was tired of y'all, I wanted to preach like Joe Osteen so another church would come get me. Ain't nobody coming to get me for the sermons I'll preach it. Boy, boy, boy. Who pastor man? No, God man. Look at, look at the verse. It says, and Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. See, the Lord was mad first. Not Moses, who was getting quiet. I didn't even know y'all were taking the offering, so I, I had made this sermon up already. Thank y'all for the love offering y'all did for me. I thank you. If you mad and want to get your money back, go ahead. I don't care. I'm a preacher what I'm supposed to preach because I didn't know they were going to take care of me like that anyway. Thank you, Pastor Abe. 
I gave that Negro $20. He preaching. And me like, <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> well, if you cash at me, I ain't accepting nothing. You can take it back. I'm the real. I love y'all. I appreciate the blessing, but I'm going to give you what God gave me. And the thing about it is you got to understand, if you getting burned up by it, you better know I'm getting hot in the stove cooking it for you. Come on, somebody. If it's hot on your lips and the plate is hot, you best understand the chef that's cooking it up got burnt way more than you. And you got to understand God chastised who we love, and he'll bring a word of correction to make sure he gets you back on the right path because he'd rather hit you on your backside than to cause you to go to hell. You better talk to me. Yeah, I remember I was reaching for a shoe. My, my, my little brother's shoe fell off. And I remember I was a little boy, probably about, about, probably about Deacon Knox height, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> I just play, I just play. <laughs> but I remember I was, I was real short, right? And, 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 and my brother's shoe fell off, and the bus was coming, and I was trying to grab the shoe before the bus ran over the shoe. And my daddy grabbed me and hit me, pow! And he said, I can get another shoe, but I can't get another you. And see, a lot of times we feel the chastisement in a sermon or the chastisement from the pulpit or a chastisement from our parents or a chastisement directly from God and we get upset, but we don't understand that God chastises who we love to make sure he gets you back in right order because he don't want you to destroy your life because he wants you to choose a blessing. He said, I put before you blessings and curses. Choose blessing. I want to give you a blessing. I want to give you a good measure blessing. Press down, shaking together and running over but you better understand when you get this blessing, I'm going to give you a hundredfold in this lifetime, but it's going to come with persecution. Can you stand to be blessed? When you get blessed, all hell is going to come for you. If you're getting hated on in the cubicle, you're definitely going to get hated on in the front office. If you're getting hated on on the bottom, you're definitely going to get hated on on the top. Can you take the chastisement? Can you take the licking from your enemies and keep on ticking? God is trying to get a blessing to you, but he's trying to work on your character so your character won't destroy what he's trying to give you Moses is so tired that he doesn't even feel favor have you ever been at a point in your life where you didn't feel favor Look at Moses' life. Why, why does he wonder? How in the world does he wonder he not favored? He should have been killed by Pharaoh. His mama got paid to take care of him in Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh, come on, somebody. In Pharaoh's house, he's so, he's so, he smells so much like the Egyptians. Even though he's on the top 10 hit list of the Egyptian, he walked in, let my people go. Oh, not today. Walk right back out. They don't kill him. They don't touch him. See, everybody can't go minister in the hood. Everybody can't go to the number street. You got to have some streets leaking on you just a little bit to make sure you leave with your car, to make sure they don't try to punk you because Every now and then, can I tell you something? God will let a little bit of Egypt stay on you. Not that you can fall in sin because his grace is sufficient, but he got enough mess on you that you smell like the people that you're trying to minister to. Come on, somebody. Moses could have walked in and walked out on death row. And he don't feel favored. Led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night but he don't feel favor. 
struck a rock in water and came out in the middle of the desert, but he don't feel favored. Huh? Step at the midst of the Red Sea. Pharaoh behind him, the water in front of him, reached up his rod, and the Red Sea split, and he walked on dry land. And when the enemy followed him, the water swallowed him up, but he doesn't feel favored. Oh, can I look at you? Oh, come on, somebody. 2020, 2021, and 2022, and 2023, you still here. You done made it through a pandemic when other people didn't make it. You had COVID, and you still didn't die. Other people died of what you walked through, and you don't feel favored. How dare you don't feel favored when you are walking, living, and breathing miracle. You walked through COVID. You walked through all the strains. Every time they had a new strand you still kept on walking every time there was a new come on somebody if you don't feel favored it makes no sense to me because you still here is that why oh, these people don't respect me they they not listening to me oh oh they're a curse. Have you ever got a blessing that felt like a curse? No, don't look to your neighbor because it's your wife. It's your husband. Oh, no. Have your blessing ever felt like a curse? Moses is so awesome. In Mark chapter 9, he came to visit Jesus on the Mount Hebron with Elijah. That's how awesome he is. Moses so bad that he's listed in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, he's named by name. That's how awesome he is. Ooh, Jesus. He's so awesome that in Revelations, he thought to be one of the candlesticks that's going to come back and prophesy in the time of tribulation. That's how awesome he is. So bad. Nobody even know if he died or was just raptured up. They still ain't found his bones. That's how bad he is. To talk directly to God and say, God, you said you was going to deliver these folks. You better do what you said and could stand in the midst and intercede and could see God face to face and didn't die. That's how awesome he is. But he's blinded because he's focused on the horizontal. He's focused on them Negroes and Negroettes and them Caucasian and Caucasians in the cubicles. He's focused on the Jezebels in the church. He's focused on the Absaloms. He's looking at all the people that's trying to take him down but not looking to the vertical to understand that God is the one that you need to look toward. You need to look toward the hills from which come of your help and stop looking at the horizontal. Stop trying to deal with the cubicle folk and all the haters around you because God who began a good work in you shall finish it. As long as you press toward the mark of his holy call, he's going to call you to renew your strength like an eagle and mount up and come on somebody. He shall finish it. He said he who began a good work in you shall finish it. As long as you keep walking and faint not, as long as you keep pressing forward, he shall bring it to pass. Moses Folkland on the horizontal. You got to start going back to old school. 
uh, what's that song that said? I won't complain. I've had some good days. I've had some bad days. But my good days outweigh my bad days. And I ain't going to complain. But, but, but if you don't know that song, if you go a little further back, it says when upon life's billows you are tempted and tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Stop counting your curses. Stop counting your haters. Stop counting your setbacks. Stop counting your favors. And start counting what God has blessed you with. Because your blessings will far outweigh your curses. Weeping may endure for a night, one night, but joy. Stop complaining and start focusing on what God has given you. The problem is you focus on that you had COVID. You need to focus on that you ain't got it no more. You focus on that you were sick and you got setback and you lost some of your exercise, but you still here. You fussing about how you lost your job. They were getting on your nerves anyway. God got a better job coming for you. He shall supply all of your needs, not according to your job, not according to your husband, not according to your wife. He just apply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. As long as I look to glory and look to my God, he shall make a way out of no way. I'm going to be blessed in the valley, blessed in the field, blessed in my going, blessed in my coming, blessed wherever I go. You can't stop my blessings. That's why you hate on me. Woo. Count your blessings. I ready to get out of here. Woo. Moses gets to verse 12. He gets smart with God. This is why I like Moses because my mouth ain't right either. I know it, I don't care. My greatest weakness, my greatest strength. Because I say what I ain't supposed to say, but it made me bold enough to say what I'm supposed to say, too. Whatever. Have I, look at, in verse 12, have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, carry them in thy bosom? As a nursing father, uh, bear a sucking child. Now, it was back in the day when a man knew he was a man, so he knew he really couldn't give babies. So, just wanted to give that disclaimer. But, you know, some jokers think they can give a baby. And just, get mad. I don't care. Again, my greatest weakness is my greatest strength. I will speak truth to power. If you a man, use a man. You ain't going to be nothing else but a man. And let me go. That was the word from my sponsor. Commercial is over. Unto the land which thou swears unto their fathers, he only want to claim her no more. These your people, if they your people, feed them. They want some melons, give it to them. You the one told me to go tell Pharaoh, let your people go. I did it. Now they here. They get on my nerve. Numbers 11, 13 through 15 says, when should I have flesh to give all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. 
I'm not able to bear all these people alone because it's too heavy for me. Now, that's the smartest thing Moses said the whole time. I can't do it by myself. Once you learn you can't do it, that's the beginning of your sense. Lean not on your own understanding. He who began a good work in you shall finish it. He shall finish it. He is the one that got to do it. He's the one. We always say this, unto him who's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his glorious majesty. He is the one that's able to keep us from falling. And he presents us to himself. He presents us before his own glorious majesty. And you know what he does it with? He does it with, he does it with exceeding joy. Why? Because because he loves you. He does it with such great joy. He knows the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he said, I'm going to take you and I'm present you to myself. And I'm going to do it with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior. To him all glory and majesty. Dominion and power now and forevermore. My God shall work it out. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I cannot fail because my God has my back. And he began it, he gonna finish it. He's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. All I gotta do is take care of the in-between times. If I can just keep walking, he gonna bring it to pass. I might have an enemy on this side. Lions and tigers and bears on my, but my God! Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I ain't fearing no evil. I ain't fearing no man. I ain't fearing no woman. I ain't fearing no scandal. I ain't fearing no lie. I ain't fearing no truth. Because my God. I'm trying to talk to somebody. I got another sermon to preach. I got to get up out of here. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to bring it and put it down so I can go home. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me. I pray thee out of the hand, if I found favor in thy sight, and let, he, and let me not see my... He said, just kill me. I'm ready to go. Now, I ain't never tell God to kill me, but I was sure ready to tell Gladys to bring me home, baby. I'm ready to go. Get on that midnight train to Georgia. I ain't studying none of y'all. He said, kill me. Moses has broken down in weariness. He's tired because he's trying to do everything with his own mind and his own might. Jethro had already told him a couple of chapters ago to set the, the tens and twenties and put twenties over fifties and fifties over hundreds and hundreds over thousands. He had already told them to stop talking to everybody directly and begin to set up some boundaries between you and everybody else. And people get mad because they can't talk to pastor every day. Pastor can't talk to 1,500 problems. That's why you got deacons. That's why you got trustees. That's why you got ministers. That's why you got a friend. That's why you got Sunday school teachers. You can't talk to the pastor every day about your daggone problem. You need to take your problem to Jesus anyhow. Jethro told him, stop talking to all these people. And now he back talking to 3.6 million people. Everybody was crying, coming to the house because he left the order that Jethro had already given him. This word for me. It's for me right here. I can't talk to all y'all. 
When you inbox me, do you know how many inbox messages I get? If I say hey back or like it, say hallelujah. Y'all on the voting floor everywhere. I'm like, man, he ain't say nothing to me. I don't know you. See, they leaving, they mad. Don't worry, you'll be all right. <laughs> Jesus. And the Lord said unto Moses, look here, gather 70 men of the elders of Israel. Now, he says 70, and it's 3.6 million people. And if you divide it, uh, if you do what the percentage is, it points 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, something like that. But it ain't nowhere near even a point of a percent. So you don't need that many people in your circle. Brother pastors who listening, you don't need that many in your, in your, in your circle. Y'all got 30 deacons and 40 members. That don't make no sense. Huh? I love all y'all, but it really don't even make sense. We got 20 and we ain't got 1,500. But I'm just saying, but it's good because they do their job. All the ones that were crazy, they ain't come on this side. Hallelujah, Jesus. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me 70 men of the elders of, of, the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. Basically, Moses, you need to go to church and go find some other folk that go to church because the reason why you're so crazy is because you ain't been doing no worship. I know you've been teaching the people. I know you've been praying over the people. I know you've been preaching to the people. I know you've been burying the people. I know you've been marrying the people, but I need you to go to church. That's why on Tuesday, I ain't been preaching. I've been going to church because you got to understand the preacher got to go to church too. If I'm bringing a word, I need to hear a word from somebody else sometime myself. You got to go to church. You need to get a word, Moses. You ain't worshiping. That's what's wrong with you. And he said, when you go get them, I'm come down and talk with thee there and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou bear it not alone. He said, I'm going to take the spirit that's on you, Moses, and put it on them. He didn't say, I'm going to take the spirit of God and put it on them. Of course, that's still a form of the spirit of God, but he's saying, I'm going to take the spirit of you, Moses, and put it on them. I'm not going to put Joshua on there yet, but when Joshua came, he said, I'm I'm going to give the anointing of Joshua on them. Come on, somebody. He said, I'm going to put the anointing on you. The same anointing that's on you, Maxwell. I'm going to put it on your deacons. I'm going to put it on your trustees. The spirit of Lawson ain't here no more. He was a great pastor. He was really good. He brought you a mighty, mighty long way. But he ain't here no more. And the spirit of Maxwell, that, that's on you, Maxwell. I'm going to put it on them. Not the crazy mouth, Maxwell. Not not the impatient Maxwell, not the one you get on my nerves, Maxwell, but the anointed spirit of God that's called to lead this house. I need you to go to church. I need you to come talk to me, Moses. I know you're talking to your mama. I know you're talking to Jethro. I know you're talking to your cousin. I know you're talking to the deacons, but I need you to have a walk with me. Now I need you to have a little talk with Jesus. Let me tell you all about your troubles. He will hear our 
faintest cry and he will answer by and by now when you feel a little prayer wheel turning then you will know a little fire is burning you will have a little talk with Jesus and he'll make it right you better call on Jesus don't call your mama don't call your cousin don't call your deacon don't call your pastor if you take a little walk with Jesus and tell him about your problems he will make it all right he will make a way out of no way he will like old school say he'll pick you up turn you around place your feet on solid ground hey and if I go to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling oh my ear the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own I'm his you are his you are fearfully and wonderfully made don't let anybody tell you what you can't do you can do all things not some things not most things not almost all you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you what if God told you that he's gonna give you what has God told you that you shall accomplish what has God told you that shall come to pass he who began a good work in you shall finish it see old school they'll end it like this they'll say he bled he died they stressed him by he stayed in the grave all day Friday and all day Saturday but early early in the morning he got up with all power in his hands but what old school sometimes forget to tell us is this that when you get up that when he got up with all power in his hands he gave me and you the paraclete the advocate the comforter the helper in the form of the Holy Ghost and because he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world I can do everything can't nobody stop me so when he got up he gave me the power and I know old school they'll say won't he do it won't he do it won't he do it I'm gonna tell you right now I'm not Moses I got Joshua faith so I speak like it's already done I don't say won't he do it I say he's already done it. He's already done it. He's already done it. It's over. You got the victory. You already healed. You already delivered. Your business already successful. Speak those things that be not 
as though they were. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm rich. I'm liberated. I'm It's over. Walk with Jesus. Talk to Jesus. He'll make it right. The song says, Oh, what needless pains we bear. Oh, because we do not take it to Jesus in prayer. What you going through <clears throat> that you didn't give to Jesus? He tried to bring it to pass. What problem you took to your deacon that you should have took to Jesus? Now, I'm not saying God won't send you to your deacon, but I'm saying you don't run there first. You talk with Jesus, and he'll lead you who you need to talk to. God can speak to you in a movie. He can speak to you on a TV show. If he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through anybody. A drunk could come to you and give you a word. A baby can say something that you knew came from the Spirit of God. But you ain't never going to know who you're supposed to talk to if you run to the horizontal first. Moses, a bad mamma jamma, was raised by Pharaoh himself. Grew up with Ramses, the same Pharaoh he had to talk to when he said, let my people go. <laughs> and he thought he wasn't favored. Killed an Egyptian. Was on the top 10 hit list for Egypt. Still went in and came out. Moses had a stuttering problem. Couldn't even talk. Talk like the dude on Harlem Nights, the boxer dude. Couldn't get the word out. That's why God said, just say, I am. Can you say Moses? Can you say, I am, without stuttering? Who should I say? No, you, you can't say Jehovah Jireh, Moses. You, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah McKittish. Mm, your tongue ain't quite right. Just say, I am. He's saying, I am. God is saying, I'm whatever you need me to be. You need me to be a doctor, I am. Now, I ain't say don't go to the doctor. I am. He's whatever you need. You need a lawyer, I am. You need a comforter, I am. Whatever you need, call on I am. You don't need to know Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Mekidah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai, El Elyon. I got to know all that stuff so y'all can know I know something. All you need to know is Jesus. Because Colossians says he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when they had to say Jehovah Jireh is my provider and call him my name, for whatever they need. See, back in the day, in the Old Testament, you had to call God the name for what you wanted. 
And you could be saying, I want this, I need this, I need this. But if you know Jehovah Jireh with your provider, if you know Jehovah Shalom with your peace, if you know Jehovah Nisi with your victory, if you know El Shaddai was the God above every other God, if you ain't know all those names, you couldn't get your blessing. And so he said, you know what? These jokers ain't real. They don't know what they need to sacrifice. They don't know if they need a turtle dove or a ram. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to walk down 42 burning generations. I'm going to become the sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to become the perpetuation. So all you got to do is call on Jesus. Because Leviticus is too hard. Y'all can't do it. You brought a turtle dove when you were supposed to bring a partridge. You brought a ram when you should have brought a bullet. Brought a bullet, we should have brought a calf. And God would kill you right at the altar if you brought the wrong thing. And so he says, you know what? I'm going to walk down 42 burning generation, roll myself in the flesh, come out Emmanuel, God is with us. I'm going to do it myself because I know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You can't do it. He tried Abraham. He couldn't stop lying about his wife. He tried Jacob. He was a swindler. He tried Samson. He couldn't leave Delilah alone. Tried David, he couldn't leave nobody alone. He tried Noah, he can lead the E and J alone. He tried Gideon, he kept doubting. He tried Isaiah, he kept cussing everybody out. He tried Jeremiah, he kept crying. He tried Jonah, but he was a racist. Tried Peter, but he was a high head. Tried Paul, but he was a murderer. And everybody fell short. So he said, You know what? I know you can't do it. I'm going to do it myself and reconcile you to me. So even though you a sinner, and even though you fall short, and even though you can't get it right, you can be saved as long as you call on Jesus. Everything that we couldn't do, he did. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law because he knew you couldn't do it. And he did all that work. He did all that work. And all you got to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He did all the work because he knew you couldn't stop cussing folk out. But at least you cut it down to five days a week instead of seven. You got a little better. But when you get Jesus, he'll give you the grace to eventually not have to do it anymore. Because his grace is sufficient. Because the more and more we learn that we can't do it on our own, and it's through Christ who strengthens us that allows us to walk in power, then we'll finally get it right. Is there one that wants to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you can walk in power and grace? So that even though you're a sinner, you can be forgiven of the things that you do. You're never going to be perfect. Like I always say, you'll never be sinless, but you should sin less. The closer you get to Jesus, the better you're going to be. But sometimes the closer you get to Jesus, the worse you think you are. But really, you're getting better. You're just getting closer to him. And the mirror is getting more detailed to see how flawed we are. We all fall short of the glory of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. People say, that's why I be patient. That's why 
be patient. I know I, I fall too. But for where we going, I'm letting y'all know this. There's a different type of order we got to walk in. There's a different type of faith we have to walk in. We got to have order in the house. We have to have order in the house. I love each and every one of you, but there has to be order. I know I sin. I know I fall short. I know I mess up. But I need y'all to know the house of God is a place of worship. It's a place of order. If you can't submit to the leadership here, you need to rethink where you want to be. That's all. I love y'all. I ain't saying I want nobody to leave because I don't believe in just throwing folk away. Because the Bible says, let the wheat grow up with the tares. Because if you try to take out the tares, you might uproot the wheat. Lord, have mercy. If you would have came to get me a joy of the southern, you would have plucked me right on out. But I'm so glad God knew I would eventually be wheat. Now, I got some tears in me, and we all fall short. But because Jesus empowers us, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us.